Well, we are on a roll here in Stack with the podcast. Demand is so high, we're delivering two a week now. Matthew Grant here, but I get a break this Sunday morning, and Robin Mertens will be joining you for your run, walk, lawn mowing, or wherever else you do whilst you listen to the Instat podcast. Robin's talking to Liz Lotter-Munk, CEO of core administration system provider for data. You can discover what the company is doing to meet customer demands in an increasingly digital world, the benefits of a diverse and global workforce, and the power of networking. And you're going to get some tips from Liz Lotter's experience of running the insurance technology company as a female CEO. Welcome to this week's Instatech podcast. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Lisa Lotto-Monk. She's the CEO of the Fedata Group. Welcome, Lisa Lotto. Thank you so much, Robin, and thank you for having me today. It's a great pleasure. Now, let's just start. You're the CEO of Fedata. In a couple of sentences, tell me, what does Fedata do? Yeah, uh, Fedata is a software company that uh, basically only have one product, and uh, we're doing software for the insurance industry globally. And I'm going to leap straight into this. This sounds like a really obvious, slightly crass way to start, but you're a woman in an insurance-related tech company, and the combination of all those things is a little bit rare. So I'm keen to understand straight away how you got into the insurance technology space I'd like to know whether you got blown off course or something. How did you get into this? Yeah, that's a great question, Robin. And I think uh, basically when I started, which is many, many years ago, I never was cautious or thinking about that I was a woman. I simply just got into the insurance first and then worked only with technology for years to implement that in the insurance industry. I think the background of being a woman isolated, I don't believe that they made a difference for me at all. But of course, here I am and using all the competences that I have been giving in life. And being a woman is, of course, one of them. I like that perspective. And, and then there probably are ways, I'm sure there are ways, in which women bring something different. What, what qualities do you think women particularly bring to leadership roles in technology companies, particularly the ones insurance, which is very male dominated? Yeah, I think the way that we are brought up, that makes, of course, a difference. So the diversity is very good. Bringing teams in with different age, different gender, different backgrounds is always very good for business development. And in this context, I have always been the only woman in all the management team, more or less, I have been in. Not now, of course, when I have the opportunity to structure it myself, but historically I have. So I have, in that sense, been representing the diversity. And that has not always been easy, but it's not a factor that I ever focused at. I was more focused on results, the content, and so on. So it has not been a focus I have had of that. This is something that has come after the fact. Then I have done some reflection of could that be some connections between being a woman and being successful in, in the tech industry and furthermore in the insurtech industry. And I think there are because it is, of course, very male. It's very dominated by one gender. You could claim it's also dominated by one age. And in this perspective, of course, I'm bringing in a different perspective because I am a woman. And then I, look, I'm hoping that there are people who listen to this podcast and who get inspired by hearing you leading a big and successful company like Fedata. Would you have any 
tips for them? Any advice you'd like to give to someone following in your footsteps? Yeah, there is only one advice that is trust yourself and be yourself. Because start playing roles because you have a special background or whatever, in my view, that will not be beneficial for anybody, basically. So it's a matter of trusting yourself and being yourself. That might be very difficult when you're younger because you have nobody to mirror in that your perspective, does it make a difference or not? Um, and that's uh, where you need really to have a network outside so you can build this trust because sometimes you don't get it inside. Of course, I'm also in the age now where it was particularly difficult to have an internal network because there were so few women. Today, it is a little bit different. But build these network to build the confidence in your perspective, test them, but be yourself. That is, I think, the best advice I can give. Are you a natural worker? Some people are and some people aren't. Did you do it naturally or did you think this will help me with my job? What was your approach? I'm a very introvert person. <laughs> in the beginning, it was something I needed to focus at and do something actively to get network. But when I got into it, it became very naturally for me. And today I can say I have network back from my very first job and I have global networks, I have local networks and so on. So it is something where I, I would say I'm not utilizing it. It is something where I think we jointly can get something up and going, where we get some mutual benefit out of the network. So I would not say I have used network in my career, but I have used it to build my own confidence when I was turning around my ideas, my thoughts in some different areas. And of course, there weren't Instech-like beings around then those days. So now many more organizations set up especially to help people network to that extent things have changed let me move on slightly to for data and the issues associated with running it because one of the things that occurs to me immediately is i know you're danish i know that you live in copenhagen i know that the headquarters of for data are munich and i know that much of your resource and your tech development capabilities in sofia is that an advantage in that you have lots of different people in lots of different places or does it just make the company fundamentally more difficult to run Running today a global company is not a problem that we are placed in different locations. We are working on teams. Our clients are global and we have teams in different countries. Of course, it is, if you look at the big environmental accounting, I probably cannot travel privately anymore because, of course, it is uh, comes with some journeys from time to time. And I'm well known in the airport of Copenhagen. So, But I think it's not a problem today. And I think it is actually quite naturally. And we also see that our clients, for instance, are beginning to have travel restrictions and so on because teams or other platforms are actually working quite nicely. Let's go back to the Danish bit, because I see the C-suite has got four Danes on the board. Is that because you're Danish? Or tell me how that came about. I'm intrigued. I think it's a little bit of a combination. <laughs> I would say that some of it is me leveraging my network, of course, because building this company is really about building a teamwork. I wouldn't call it friendship but you really need to trust each other. And uh, it, for me, it has been, a been beneficial to pull in people that I actually have been working with before. But it is, of course, also a combination with people that have done successfully in other companies. 
and being Danish or not, that they all have done. And then one of them actually coming coincidentally, because that was a candidate that was up among German and British. And then we selected the best candidate that was a Danish candidate. So it's a combination of me liberating my, my network, but trust is, of course, a big part of this. Yeah, I get that. Let's talk a little bit more about technology and for data. On your watch, things have changed a lot. And I, I hope I'm not being impolite to say that when I first started to follow Fidata, it had a reputation for being a good, solid piece of tech that had slightly slipped behind the technology curve. And in these fast-moving times, if you don't keep up, then there's a competitive pressure that comes with that. So you've had, therefore, to take the company through from being a traditional software vendor, you know, on-prem installations to being a modular cloud-based SaaS first. Tell me all about that. I mean, it's been a lot of work in the last two years, but you've transformed the company. Yeah, I would say it has not only been a lot of work the past two years. It has been a lot of work since I started because the journey actually started five years ago. Building the organization has been the biggest part of our successful, you can say, repositioning of our tech stack. We knew exactly what we wanted with the software. And for that reason, we also built a very rock-solid HR strategy to make sure that we were recruiting the right resources in the right order. Having the right people in to carry this transformation ahead has been crucial for where we are today. Uh, and that's from cloud art architects uh, to software engineers to, to testers to agile people and so on. So it's really a, a turnaround of the whole organization. But of course, it's also a part of understanding the clients. And so the whole client-centric organization has also been transformed. So the client success is now a natural part of our integration with the markets. And listening to the clients with customer advisory boards, impacting our roadmap, impacting how we deliver and so on, is a very natural way of, of how we work and develop our company. So this is a, a major source uh, of input and improvement of where we are today. And then are you seeing the results? You have no doubt whatsoever that you set about transforming the company in the way that you did to meet what you perceive to be customer expectations about what technology needs to be in the modern era. Have the customers responded to that? Are you seeing a big uptick in demand and interest in what you do? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're talking about insurance companies that already are very big and in a transformation process. Uh, so trust and uh, having relationship uh, built into their uh, software vendor is equally a big part of their transformation uh, because they do not do it in one step. And I would say that what we have with the market today with uh, the tech stack in combination with our people, that resonates quite well with where the market are. So that is a transformation that doesn't necessarily go very fast because the risk mitigation or controlling or whatever you can call it is equally important that they don't lose their legacy and their client relationship, that they transform that into the new setup. So the tech stack's agility or flexibility resonates quite well with where they start the transformation. That is where it resonates quite well with where they are in the markets, 
what makes sense for them, where are their pain points, and so on. Of course, the whole process of changing to meet customers' demands and what the future looks like never really changes. You now have to constantly stay with or ahead of the pack. How do you make sure that the company stays abreast of trends and themes and what the market's looking for? I think our product strategy is very much focused on that what we bring to the market is the core insurance. And we have now built a platform that API REST-based, which means that we can easily work with other partners to actually meet the requirements. For instance, for portals, for AI underwriting and claim solutions, and those kind of solutions. We work seamlessly with partners uh, on this. And this uh, has been, I would say, as a solid strategy because it also means that our investments actually goes into bringing the core, the fundamental of the insurance, which is the back office or the core insurance, to digitalize that, to make that cloud native, to deliver it as software as a service. That is our focus areas. And then we work uh, to cover a bigger part of the value chain uh, where the insurer clearly are going with more uh, pricing dynamics, sophistication of the underwriting and so on. That is something where we're partnering with also with their solutions. We wrote a report of a year ago now, I should think, which we called From Admin Systems to Ecosystems because it's clearly a big thing for companies to take the core to define the technology requirement of every insurer to manage their business. But you can't do every single service and you can't do every single service better than people who specialize in those services. Where do you draw the line between what Fidata does at the core and what particular areas are you, perhaps some examples that you, you hand out to, to ecosystem partners? Yeah, the portals and the digital channels, you can say that is something where we work uh, with a partner. And you can also say with document management, reporting tools, we also work uh, with partners. And AI is clearly a very big area where we also work with partners to find the best solution. But that is a little bit of a, a combined strategy. We might change something, of course, in the core, but it is, you can say, also driven by AI partners. So I think that is a combination. But these are areas we already now have partners that provide, you can say, a bigger part of the value chain of the insurer. Are there any areas where you are still on the lookout for partners? Anyone listening to this might get in touch with Instech if they had a service that you thought might be helpful addition to what you provide? Yeah, partners are always welcome to contact us in general. And we do have partners that contact us directly. We also have partners that, that come through our clients. So that is a clear source. And the way that we find out is, of course, a mini due diligence of the tech stack. And then, of course, collaborative organization is also a part of it before we actually invest in a partnership. But these are elements, and I would not uh, limit uh, what we are doing because, of course, the industry is, uh, is developing. And the whole insurtech market is something that drives a lot of point solutions that could be very interesting for us to look into. 
how you engage with your clients on the digital way. That is something we have prioritized. Uh, so right now we already partner with Betty Blocks for portals and uh, digital distribution. Partners in that space is something we are very interested to learn more about. Let's talk quickly about the cloud because you've moved the whole capability into the cloud. Are all your customers now coming to you saying this has to be in the cloud? Are you still seeing a few who don't trust the cloud? Is cloud like a table stakes these days, do you think? Yeah, actually, I think now it really begins to come there. But we have a lot of installations that are on-premise. And they will not transform to the cloud within the next 6 to 12 months. But for sure, there will be transformation plans and those who are out looking for a new core system, for sure, they will start with a cloud solution first. They will not do on-premise installations. So I would say it's for sure now we see a real shift in the market for the first time because it has been in all RFIs, RFPs, that if you were not a SaaS solution, then you were dequalified. But then when we end up uh, signing contracts and so on, many of them ended actually on an on-premise installation. That is not the case anymore. Yeah, it's about future-proofing. If you're going to buy a tech stack, your core technology platform, you're going to want it for 10 or 20 years. And it's difficult to see people being on-prem in 10 years' time. Let's turn to something else, because a business like yours is now genuinely global. And I discussed with you before your can't list and you've got a lot of customers all over Europe in the UK. What's the reality of doing all those implementations? I mean, you can sell the tech to that customer, you win that in RFI you talked about earlier. And then, but at some point, there's a big implementation configuration project. How do you handle all those all over the world? Yeah, let me start saying that for data, we have from the very beginning been extremely focused on how can we minimize the upfront investment in implementation, as you call it, or system integration? And of course, the whole SAS journey is a part of that. But another part is also that what we do is delivering what we call Synex. That is that we are pre-configuring the, the products that are generic in the insurance industry. And here we cover all lines of business. And that is, of course, also taking out a fair amount of the implementation efforts. And then we have a small part left, of course. And much of that work can we can actually do locally from our organization, but we also work with partners locally. Because there is flavor of language, cultural differences, localizations, layers, and so on. And there we work with global partners, but also local and regional partners after the choice of the clients. So the scalability is actually based on that the software is in itself, of course, scalable. And we work with partners that can cover up for where we are not present and where we cannot cover with own resources. As we observed earlier, the the landscape constantly evolves and one's got to recognize that in planning and strategy but it's also represents an opportunity where do you see opportunity for for data that you are planning to capitalize upon yeah i think we can talk uh, geography because there are geographies where we have a much bigger you can say understanding of the market or better understanding deep understanding of the european market of course so that is our home market so to speak But I would say that what we're aiming for is actually for the segments of the insurance companies 
that have really a digital agenda, that have an investment plan to transition into digital and maybe even AI-driven agenda. We are really screening the market for that segment and a market that moves very fast, where they are taking these tools into very fast utilization to capture market growth is in APEC. Uh, And that is an area where we are considering uh, to see if we can do anything uh, differently here. But otherwise, Europe is really our uh, home market. We also grow here. 70% of our business is in Europe. So this is, of course, where we still see a lot of opportunities uh, for Fadata also in, in the future. And for you personally, you've had this huge transformation, both of the technology and of the culture of the organization. But knowing you as as I do a bit, that's not going to be the end of it. What are you going to work on next? Give a bit of early warning to your Fedata colleagues as to how you see the company evolving going forward and your goals for the company. We have, of course, a growth strategy. And that is not just because of own ambitious, but the market is very unmature still. It's probably 10% or something of the market that have done these digital transformations. And so the market potential is very big. We want to be seen as the natural choice for those who want to have a digital transformation and become more or uh, fully AI-driven. This is the position we would like to take in the market. And we are, of course, dreaming that we will be a very big company with very big revenue. We might even dream of becoming an IPO in the next years to come so we can take in new capital to actually grow in other markets and so on. So this is, of course, growth we are aiming for. But equally important is really to make clients successful. And that is always our goal number one. And that is also my personal goals. So our aim is, of course, to transform the insurance industry to help the insurer to make a controlled and minimized risk journey of of their transformation of a very, very complex organization and complex tech setup. Because many of them has been in business for many years. So the complexity in the legacy setup is huge. They spent maybe 90% of their time on operation just to keep the light on the legacy. So what we dream of is really to make a difference for those and free up time for them uh, so they can focus on building up uh, the new world. So this is our dreams, and uh, you can say financially, that is, of course, becoming very big for us. So we are really dreaming on being one of the dominant players worldwide, but the dominant player in Europe. That's a very good way to end. That's very inspiring stuff. You set the bar high, and I think that's an admirable position to take. Look, it's been a pleasure chatting away to you. Congratulations on everything that you've done. I know that you won't rest on your laurels. There's plenty more to do. And I do hope you'll come back in a few years' time and we can talk again about how the next part of the journey went. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us at Instec. We are working with insurers and technology companies around the world to help them find business partners and to learn more about what is driving successful use of data and analytics today. If you're interested in membership, please contact us at hello at instec.co or for more information about membership, our reports and future events, please go to www.instec.co. That's it. We're done.